1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick-cut, tastes-like-a-touchdown-in-your-mouth bacon?
0: You must be talking about Wright brand bacon, Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their
1: bacon. It's thick-cut, hand-trimmed, and real would smoke real. And you could tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Right Brand Bacon. That's called Right Brand Bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way.
2: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, and uh, contributes to Get Up and NFL Live and other programs. You can see him with Dan Orlovsky, Mina Kimes, Ryan Clark, Laura Rutledge every weekday for Eastern. And uh, you got football coming up Monday's Mega Cast. It'll be the Cardinals and the Rams available on ESPN Plus. Marcus, great to have you back. Are you a no-chance guy when it comes to, like, the Steelers against the Chiefs or the Eagles against the Buccaneers? Because I called out Rob Ninkovich. He said the Eagles have no chance. Well, if if the Eagles win the game, Ninkovich should sit down for a week. He should be suspended for a
4: week. <laughs> All right? All right. He should, DP. He should, and I'm I I am absolutely not a no chance guy. I played in this league. I've been playing football too long since Pee Wee football yeah. in South Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to know that teams have no chance. Okay, now now there there are there are different levels to no chance, DP. You remember those games when you were in like middle school and nobody was over four foot. 10 and your whole basketball team was like five, seven and above. That's when you have no chance. But in the NFL, based on what we've seen, hey, ADP, I bet he would have said the Jacksonville Jaguars had no chance against the Colts the last week of the season. You know what I'm saying? So I bet he would have said the Jets had no chance last year to beat the Las Vegas Raiders at the end of the game last year. So, look, I, I, uh, I have always been one of those guys that looks at matchups that looks at individual performances, and if you got a guy like T.J. Watt on your team, you got a chance. And I, and I keep telling people that, and that doesn't mean that they're going to win the game, but the Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance, because they in the playoffs. And, and I'm telling you, week nine, everybody probably said they had no chance in hell yeah. to get into the postseason, so I'm not a no-chance
5: guy.
3: Either. When you go into the playoffs as a uh, former defensive player, it, is it Spoken about trying to take the opposing quarterback out. Like you get it.
4: Not out. Not 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 out. No, not out. I mean, if it happens, we're not mad about it. (laughs) Let me say that. If it happens, we're not mad about it. But it's a healthy respect, man. You know how it goes. And the game has changed. I'm I'm sure guys back in the old days would would have would have said yes to that. But when I played, we wanted to we wanted to rough them up enough where they couldn't be as effective as they were, but taking them out, if, it just, if it's happenstance, then we, we are not going to cry any tears about it. Like when I was in the division with, with the Cowboys, I wouldn't have been mad if we knocked Donovan McNabb out of the game. I wouldn't have been mad if we knocked Eli out of the game. And I'm bringing up guys that stopped me from getting to the playoffs, Dan. So I'm still kind of sore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but that feeling, did you ever feel sorry for a quarterback during a game?
4: Hell no, hell no. I ain't even feel sorry for our own. So I know I ain't feel sorry for, for the ones. DP, DP. We out, we we are out there banging. I'm a I'm a defensive lineman. We out there banging sixty plus plays a game, you know. And the quarterback get hit, and everybody has a moment of silence, and the whole stadium got to exit and re-enter the stadium to make sure everybody's okay. I ain't give a damn about no quarterbacks getting hurt or or roughed up. I don't even care. All right, give me the
3: underdog with the best chance of winning.
4: San Francisco 49ers. And you know how much I love the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, But the brand of football that they play is just difficult to to sustain the level that you need to sustain for four quarters when they're going to keep coming downhill. They're going to be physical. They're going to stick to their game plan. They went down 17-0 to the Rams last week and never changed their identity one bit. I will say this, though, D.P., I really want the Dallas Cowboys to put this game in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. I feel comfortable with that. Um the and and, and look, I'm not a I'm not a Jimmy G detractor. I'm just not a, a a Jimmy G lover. I I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo like a lot of people trust him. When people say My body physically DP, when people say Jimmy Garoppolo led the 49ers (laughs) to a Super Bowl, I I break out in hives listening to it. You mean the guy that threw eight passes in an NFC championship, led a football team (laughs) to a championship. So if if you allow these guys to be, you know, the word that's been thrown around is physicality. Dan, let me tell you something, bro. Everybody in the damn NFL physical. You ain't getting them checks or them direct deposits every week if you're not physical. You just have to last long. Most teams don't force you to play the run like the San Francisco 49ers do for an entire game. And you just gotta make your mind up that you're gonna be disciplined the whole way. But if Jimmy Garoppolo has it in his hands, I'll be drinking this clear cup of coffee, watching the game. DP, does this make me look like like a like a spa rich person with a clear coffee yes. mug? If,
3: if okay. your if your pinky finger goes up, Marcus, like then this? yeah, you look a little soft. Okay, I well, mean nobody's going to not... say it to your face, but I can say it okay. via Zoom. You look soft. <laughs> 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 um, I'm looking at the quarterbacks with the most pressure. Yeah, and I know where I would start. I think this guy's got the most pressure. I'm I'm curious who you think the quarterback who will be under the most pressure playoff to.
4: DP this is one this one going to shock you cuz the 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 normal is Matthew Stafford. I think that's been yep. like the overall Aaron Rodgers. Has anybody ever thought about that? Has anybody watched how that offseason season transpired? The the only way to keep this noise quiet is to go win a super bowl. Cause look, Aaron is, has played at the MVP level. I think he's the MVP. And by the way, Aaron, Aaron is not my favorite guy. Okay. I don't love to see what Aaron Rodgers is talking about, but I do have a healthy respect for how he's been able to keep his game at this level. And he's been able to carry a team for a long time, but DP, We sitting here not knowing after a restructured contract, if he's going to return to green Bay, he spent an entire offseason at odds with the franchise. He needed players. So they relented and brought in Randall Cobb, even though Randall Cobb has been hurt. They made some concessions for him. Does anybody think about Aaron Rodgers responsibility to the green Bay Packers and the rest of this football team? We expect him to at least make it to the NFC championship. And that's where the buck has stopped for him for so many years. He got to get to a Super Bowl and win it, man. Or at some point, we got to say, like we do for every other star, he couldn't get it done. He just couldn't get it done.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen are one, two on my list. Mm-hmm. Now, I would I would put Dak Prescott in there just because he's the quarterback of the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a year ahead of schedule. I Because yep. I, I don't know if they knew what they had in Diggs and Micah Parsons. Now they realize that. And you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. Um, I, you know, Ben doesn't have any pressure on him. Uh, Joe Burrow doesn't have pressure on him. Derek Carr doesn't have pressure on him. Brady always has pressure, but it feels like he, he wants the pressure. Now he's an underdog. He didn't get the MVP. Now he's an underdog. He got a chip on his shoulder. I, I, I I love that. I just don't know how good they are because that defense hasn't been what it was in the Super Bowl.
4: Um, I tell people all the time. It's okay. It's not taboo to say Aaron Rodgers is under pressure. Like how, how many years did we spend talking about Drew Brees in order to enter the conversation of the greats? We know Aaron's talent is unbelievable, but in order for Drew to enter the conversation of the greats to have him be a part of the all time top five or whatever you want to put in conversation, he needed more than one. Aaron Rodgers has been stopped in the NFC Championship a lot. Yeah. Now imagine if this was imagine if this was uh a LeBron James getting stopped in the Eastern or Western conference finals all of these times. The conversation that would go on. Imagine if this was the Yankees with when Steinbrenner and they had all of this talent and spent all of this money and they couldn't make it out of the conference, um, out of out of the series. So I I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily equate Pressure to if a guy is going to have the rest of his career or if he's going to be good. I equate pressure to how did you perform, what is expected of you. And then in Aaron's case, he entered a different nuance by the battle between him and the Green Bay Packers this all season So, I mean, I, I think it's a failure if they don't win a Super Bowl. It was all about nothing.
3: Well, I look at the Packers in 2020, 13 wins. wins. The defense in 2020 uh, ranked 13th. This year's team ranked 13th in defense. You have home field advantage. That Tampa team that if they do come to town will not be as formidable as they were a year ago. And Aaron has not done well in in title games, even when he's hosted those title games. Well, Peyton Manning went through this as well, where Peyton's playoff record wasn't very good, but um, do we hold quarterbacks uh, you know uh, accountable in a different way than we do other athletes in in other sports because you mentioned yeah, LeBron right. and you know that there's certain sports or you know, baseball pitchers players but when it comes to quarterbacks uh, we, our bottom line is winning championships yes. but it, I think people don't realize how Aaron has not performed or at least the Packers haven't when they get to the NFC title game
4: They're not DP because they're blinded by all of the greatness in in the the individual and the talent and the the balls that we see Aaron Rodgers throw and the wins and how much he accounts for. Listen, this is not a conversation about if Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer or one of the top quarterbacks ever. It's about his resume. The reason why we call Tom Brady the GOAT is because of championships. Tom Brady don't have a drop of the talent that a lot of quarterbacks we've seen have. Tom Brady don't have L-way talent. He don't have Dan Marino's talent. He don't have Steve Young's talent or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, in those moments where you need to be great is what we judge these level of quarterbacks on. And that's why he's considered the GOAT. He's considered the GOAT because you would put all of your money in your house on Tom Brady mm-hmm. in the last drive of a football game to get his team to a championship. Aaron Rodgers has not done that. Now, I'm mad. And Matt LaFleur last year, I believe that was a lot on him of not letting him have the ball in his hands in, in the fourth quarter, but he also had three turnovers. He also gave the ball away in that game as well. So I don't, I don't just subscribe to, you know, individual talent as making you to go as far as what did you do? How did you elevate in those particular moments? I fight with Dan Orlovsky about this all the time. Okay. He, you know, he goes to bat for every quarterback because every quarterback is good in the NFL. (laughs) But I tell him all the time, man, we're not judging Carson Wentz on if he can throw a touchdown in the first quarter of a football game when you on your first 15-play script and it's hard as hell for the defense to figure out what you're doing. We judge Carson Wentz when you're down to Jacksonville and you throw two damn interceptions or you make a bonehead play and fumble the football. We judge Baker Mayfield on the Cleveland Browns are good and they get the ball into the fourth quarter and he throws an interception in the Kansas City game or he can't get it done. And then that's where we judge quarterbacks. We see Aaron do that all year long. And for some reason in these NFC championships, he cannot overcome that hurdle. So we'll see if he can this year. I believe he can. I don't think his talent lends itself to not having that ability. He just hasn't done it.
3: We're talking to Marcus Spears. Uh, NFL, uh, NFL live Monday through Friday at four Eastern, and also they have the wild card game. That'll be the Cardinals look. in the room. DP Look. I know. Look at you, I know. <laughs> that's not a, that's not a, that's not a good look. It's not a good look. Brother, uh, I got you. You sacked Brady in 2011. Yeah, is that right?
4: Okay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't even remember what happened, DP. I was just. <laughs> Like sometimes you know, I tell people all the time, man. Playing football, sometimes the play happens, and it feel like you are blinking, it's over. I whoop the, I whoop the offensive lineman, whoever was in front of me, and Brady just happened to be in the way of the freight train, you know. <laughs> so. Hey, I got hits. Believe this, DP, I, I I was not a sack guy. I was considered a bust because of my draft pick. Because, you know, if you don't get over 90 sacks, then you sucked in your whole career. Like playing the run and doing all of that stuff does not matter in, in the grand scheme of things. But I did hit Drew Brees. I sacked Drew Brees. I sacked Ben. I sacked Brady. I hit Aaron. Um, got, a, got a pressure on Aaron. I think i sacked all of the guys that's going to go to the Hall of Fame or at least got a big hit on them. So I feel really good about that.
3: How tough was
4: Roethlisberger to bring down? He was bigger than me DP, <laughs> at the
3: time. <laughs>
4: It's uh, it's 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 like it's like uh you know I'm watching this 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 show called Yellowstone which is one of the greatest shows ever. I don't know if you guys have watched the DP. If you have, yeah, anytime, Watch Yellowstone.
3: I've been watching. It's like when
4: them dudes jump off that damn horse and they trying to uh, wrangle them little them little calves. <laughs> That's how it is trying to tap the big Ben, man.
3: <laughs> I liken him to uh, King Kong. He's on the Empire State Building. Yes. And those planes that come around him, he just keeps swatting them. He's a <laughs> people don't realize how big certain quarterbacks are, Ooh, and huge. also certain like Cam Newton when when him and Kelvin Benjamin walked on the field, I, I thought <laughs> I, I thought it was a basketball team. <laughs> I thought it was you know it was a, a, a basketball team.
4: Yeah, man. Yeah, listen, DP. When we played, so uh, funny story. I played Ben when I was at LSU. We played Miami Ohio when Ben was in college. Okay. And I remember Nick Saban telling us, hey, this guy's going to be a top top pick. He's a very good football player, and he's big. So you better bring all you have when you get in there to get him on the ground. So Ben has been like this. DP, you, people look at the game, and they wonder why Ben can't move because Ben has taken hits from guys the same size as him for a long time. Yeah. And he's still – I don't know how the hell he in the playoffs – and I wouldn't – you got to be crazy to say that Ben has no chance in the playoffs, all right? Speaking of what we were talking about earlier, because I've seen him do this too many times.
3: Great to talk to you, as always. You too, my brother. Love the energy. Have a great weekend, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Thank you.
4: DP, send me one of them trinkets, man. I love them. What do you want? Peace. What do you want? I don't know. The, 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 if that's not the old mic that you used when you first started doing radio – then I like that right there I just want something so next time I'm on your show you can see one of yours on my from my feet
3: well why don't you send a jersey? And then we'll okay. put a jersey here in the man cave. And then when you come yes. on, we go to. I know Greeny doesn't put up one of your jerseys in the man cave there. No,
4: on you Get know, up. I told I told you the first time. I don't fool with Greeny like that. Everybody think I do. I don't. I don't. Me and me and G ain't all that tight like that. No, I'm just playing. He just got Jalen Rose. You know, he got all of these guys that uh, everybody knows. You yeah. got to be
3: super famous for, for yeah. to put your you. You know, up. Dan Orlovsky offered me a jersey and I declined. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Your show might get canceled.
3: <laughs> I said, I'll take the jersey where you ran out of the end zone during a play. That's the one I want with Orlovsky.
4: <laughs> get him, Love you, you, brother. Swagu. Thank you, man. Thank you, man.
3: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com.
6: Terms and conditions apply.
3: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder.
1: It's beer cracking
3: season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack li- one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than
1: premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker
3: Football Podcast. He also works as a color analyst for CBS and Westwood One. He'll be uh, in the Westwood One booth Saturday night, Buffalo. It's uh, the Patriots and the Bills. And then he'll be working sidelines for uh, the Monday night game with the Cardinals and the Rams. And he joins us on the program. Always great to have you. We appreciate you taking some time. Give me the, uh, the loss that would have the most fallout. If I said Cowboys, Rams, Bucks, Chiefs, Bills,
7: or other. Ooh. That's a great question, Dan. Um, I'm going to say Cowboys, maybe? I'm going to go Cowboys. Uh, You know, my initial reaction was the Rams, just because it would be an awful look if they took a step back after the trade they made for Matthew Stafford. I mean, they won a playoff game last year. They got to the divisional round last year. That would not be a good look for McVay and Stafford. If they weren't able to win a playoff game this year but they're kind of they're kind of committed to those guys right there really wouldn't be a whole lot of fallout it would still be mcveigh and stafford next year cowboys are a little bit different because if they lose the 49ers which by the way i think is a distinct possibility i just recorded the ross tucker podcast that's the one underdog i picked to win outright dan i okay. i picked the niners to win that game because of the amount of teams that are interested in Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, I wonder if Jerry Jones doesn't think, I don't want to lose that guy or that guy, whichever one he chooses, and elects to make one of them the head coach and moves on from Mike McCarthy. You have to acknowledge there's some possibility of that if the Cowboys lose this game, especially if there's any type of game management clock management issue, anything like that.
3: But if I look at Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, who, which of those coordinators can they
7: least afford to lose? It's a good question. The, the thing I come back to on that is, how do you really know what Kellen Moore is like as a head coach? He doesn't have any experience with it. I guess I would probably say... Kellen Moore, I think he's done a pretty good job. Mm. I I agree that Dan Quinn done a nice job this year, but I feel like they've got some pretty darn good personnel on defense that he's been able to, to take advantage of. Trayvon Diggs, year two. Micah Parsons is a rookie. I don't know. They're probably even. My guess, though, is that there would be some hesitation from Jerry Jones to make Kellen Moore the head coach. So he would probably move on from McCarthy and go to Dan Quinn. Again, we're there's a whole lot of hypotheticals, but that's my guess.
3: You played in cold weather. You played in Buffalo. You played in New England. How big of a deal is this to the players who play and what players in particular, if so?
7: Really big deal to quarterbacks, receivers, and kickers. Uh, somebody told me this week I didn't realize it. I started in one of the 10 coldest games in buffalo bills history uh, it was 2004 it's actually at cincinnati if you can believe that dan and i remember the game distinctly because i went out before the game pre-game warm-ups with just a t-shirt and shorts on and chad johnson was yelling at me like hey buddy you're gonna be cold i was like i'm <laughs> all right i'm all right you know what's funny by the way i mean I guess I was 315 pounds or whatever, and I was maybe 25 years old. I really wasn't that cold. Now I'm 250 pounds and 42 years old. I'm freezing. <laughs> like I get, I get five degrees colder every year. I mean, I don't. But by the time I'm 70, I'm gonna move to like Puerto Rico or so. Like I, I, I know why people go south. I get way colder every year. well, um, you know what I remember about that game. So first of all, as offensive lineman, one thing guys would do to protect their skin is you rub Vaseline on your skin to protect the layers. It's funny, I just saw on Twitter, even here in Pennsylvania, Dan, they said, don't go outside for more than 30 minutes because your skin could get frostbitten. Well, what are the NFL players are going to do? What are the Bills and Patriots going to do? <laughs> They're going to be out for more than 30 minutes. And I just think to remember after that game, it stung taking the shower you had to start with like a cold shower and then slowly move it up because your skin was like so raw that if you went to a hot shower, it it like it felt like it burned. Well, that's frostbite, we Ross.
3: That's, that's the onset of
7: frostbite. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's not good. I never wore sleeves, though. Um, two, two more things you need to know, Dan. Number one is it makes the ball a lot harder and bigger the ball expands the colder it is. So I can remember a couple games. I started at center where I would like, if, if it was really cold in Buffalo, I would go the, the stuff they spray on your ankle before they tape your ankles. I'd be like, I'd say to the trainer, Hey, act like you're taping my ankles. And I'd have them like spray the stuff on my hand. Cause I didn't know if that was legal or not to have that <laughs> stuff on your hand. So I'd have them spray like the ankle spray stuff on my hand just so I could have a better grip. But I totally understand why some people at some point might like if there's a little bit less air in the football. I'm not going there, but I'm just saying because it it is, it's much harder to grip if you have smaller hands, the colder it is. It makes it harder. There's more fumbles because the ball pops out harder to catch the ball is like a rock.
3: I also wonder the uh, philosophy game plan with the Patriots this time around with this kind of weather in Buffalo. Can New England employ the same kind of offense that you don't have Mac Jones throw the football in this game against Buffalo?
7: I think they should try. I, I really think they should try. You know, Mac Jones has not played well during the last month of the season. I think if they can play keep away from Josh Allen, who was lights out in the last matchup with the Patriots, that would be a pretty darn good strategy. And here's the thing. The Bills play more nickel defense than any team in the NFL. They almost never have three linebackers out there because they love their nickelback, Taron Johnson, who had that pick six against the Ravens last year in the playoffs. That's one reason why I think Belichick went heavy in the first matchup with the tight ends and ran the ball just to get the Bills' defense, which, by the way, is ranked number one in the NFL, just to get them to have to do something they don't like to do, just just to let, make them have a guy out there they don't want to have out there that's not normal for them, having the three linebackers out there.
3: We're talking to Ross Tucker. You can uh, listen to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He'll also be working the uh, Buffalo Patriots game. And also working the uh, Cardinals and the Rams game as well. the The Rams game is interesting. Cowboys game is interesting because I think both of those teams could lose. I wouldn't be surprised if either lost. Um, but then I, you know, there's part of it that I wouldn't be surprised if they won comfortably. I I just think that that's the way they're going to be. You know, as we go through the playoffs, if they continue to advance it's really hard to be consistent where you're putting together, you're playing a really good opponent and you gotta you got to win a game where you're not going to play your best. If I said the Rams or the Cowboys weren't going to play their best, which one has a better chance of winning?
7: The Rams. Uh, I, I would say the Rams simply because I don't feel like the Cardinals are playing their best football right now. They've only won one of their last five games. Yeah. Just not good. I mean, and obviously they can change everything around and get hot during the playoffs, but it's not a good way to be going into the postseason. Both their running backs, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, are banged up. We'll see if J.J. Watt can do anything. But it really does feel like the Cardinals have been a different team ever since Hopkins got hurt. Meanwhile, Dan, if the Cowboys don't play their best, they're losing. I mean, the Niners are undervalued. They're 10-7. and 7. They lost the two games where Jimmy G didn't start. They lost a the game where Jimmy G got hurt against the Titans. That's three losses right there. I think they lost the game where Debo Samuel didn't play. The Niners, when they have all their guys, they're a good team. And you don't even have to take my word for it that the Cowboys don't feel good about themselves. I mean, Dan, why else would they have all their starters playing in the fourth quarter last Saturday night against the Eagles practice squad guys? You know, whether they say they wanted to build up their confidence or they wanted to get on a roll or a rhythm, the Cowboys playing Dak and all their starters into the fourth quarter last Saturday night against the Eagles, that told us, I think, that they don't feel great about how they're playing. They think that they're a little off.
3: I know that you know the Eagles quite well. They didn't beat anybody who was any good this year. And now you're going to face the Buccaneers in Tampa. Weather will probably be an issue with rain. How do the Eagles beat the Buccaneers?
7: Yeah, they got to they just run the ball right down their throat. And really, they're calling for 20, 25-mile-an-hour winds. This is the best thing possible for the Eagles. I mean, the windier it is the more the advantage goes to the Eagles' ability to run the football and Jalen Hurts' ability to run the football. I, I have a tough time picturing the Eagles winning the game unless Jalen Hurts rushes for over 50 yards. So the windier it is, the better. The harder the rain, the better. I'm sure Brady will still somehow figure out something. But that plays to the Eagles' favor. They've been able to run on everybody. And I think the Bucks have given up over 100 yards rushing in four of their last five or six games. Yeah. So the Bucks are not, their run defense is not what it was. That said, Dan, you know, I, I do the Eagles pregame as well for WIP in Philadelphia and say it out loud, okay? Like sometimes in life you have to say it out loud. Head coach Nick Sirianni and quarterback Jalen Hurts in their first playoff games ever <laughs> beat Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champ Bucks on the road. I mean, I have a tough time with that. Do you realize, Dan? Wait, wait, are you saying the Eagles have no chance? I think they have a chance. Okay. I have a tough time actually picturing it happening. If you had me on on Monday, I I have a tough time picturing saying the Eagles got that done. It would be incredible uh, on so many levels if they did But wow, that would be, I mean, you talk about, and I know the point spread's not that bad. Last time I checked, it's like nine and a half. So it's not like a gigantic upset, but you have to admit, you know, the Eagles season win total coming into the year was six and a half. People thought they'd win six and a half games. If they were able to beat Brady (laughs) in the first playoff game, that would be one of the more surprising playoff results in recent years.
3: Safe travels. Always great to talk to you. And are you going to rub Vaseline on your arms in Buffalo?
7: No, I'm not. But thank goodness Steve Tasker's on the sideline for us, and I'm in the booth, <laughs> and I'm 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 going to lobby hard to keep the glass the window <laughs> shut because zero degree Dan zero degree. I, it would be a better broadcast for the listeners if I was warm. I mean, it's about the listeners, Dan.
3: But I want you to give us that feeling. That's that's your job as a color analyst. You should be out there with no jacket on, short sleeve, and let us know that we could almost feel it through your bones when we're listening to you.
7: That's why Tasker's on the sideline. He's the best <laughs> in the Cause, business. Cuz he's tougher. <laughs> Tasker
3: is tougher than you.
7: Yes. I'm not tough anymore. I, I, I freely admit that I don't need to be tough anymore. I could, you know, I, I used to play in the NFL. I was tough. Now I just like to eat and drink and call football games. Did you ever urinate in your uniform? How do you know that? I, almost every game. What? Oh yeah, pretty much every game. Oh yeah. So here's the way it works. You're drinking so much Pedialyte and Gatorade that I could. I was good through the first half. And at halftime, I would go take a leak, whatever. But by like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, Dan, I had to pee so bad. What were my choices? Like call a timeout and walk up to the locker room? No.
3: What's the etiquette?
7: uh, Oh, you sit down on the bench. Here, let me see. You sit down on the bench, okay? And then you get a couple of those like eight or eight. (laughs) You're reenacting this? Oh, yeah, yeah. You sit down on the bench. You get a couple of those Gatorade towels, okay? okay? And then you take two Gatorade towels and you put it, you know, in your crotch because you want to try to absorb as much of the urine as possible. And then you just go. And and you soak up as much. You squeeze the area to get as much out of your pants and onto the Gatorade towels. You put the Gatorade towels in the trash. You don't put them back where somebody else would use them. But, Dan... The last thing I wanted, fourth quarter, four minutes left, I didn't want to feel like I had to pee. Like, I didn't want to be like, oh, I, I got to block uh, Bryant Young or Leroy Glover, but, oh, I really feel like I have to pee. No, you pee like a man in your pants, and then you go out there and you play.
3: Thank you, Ross. See you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app,
1: kingdom of the planet of the apes enter the kingdom in imax this friday and in theaters everywhere get tickets now
0: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: Brian Greasy, former NFL quarterback, ESPN Monday Night Football analyst. He'll be on the call with Lewis Riddick and Steve Levy. Monday Night Playoff football, it'll be the Cardinals and the Rams. Brian, good to have you back. Um, biggest question mark you have going into this Cardinals-Rams game is what?
2: Yeah, is, is will, they, will the Cardinals, Dan, be able to handle Aaron Donald? Um, they were not able to handle him in the second meeting, uh, and it was a big reason why Kyler Murray felt a lot of pressure and, and had two interceptions in that game, and that, that was the difference in the game. Uh, they, they were driving early. Uh, they had a tip from aaron donald intercepted by Ernest jones no points and the rams go right down and score and then to start the second half um they had a great play from leonard floyd tipped interception um, and that pressure on kyler murray on the field i think impacted him now you could also wonder and the question is about the pressure on kyler murray off the field first playoff game in his career uh, there's been a lot of time energy uh, an effort put into building this team by Steve Kime. They're finally in this position. It's not where they want it to be as a wild card team. I remember about a month ago, this was the number one seed in the NFC, uh, and they're kind of limping in, losers of four or five. So how will they respond to the big moment also is a question for me.
3: But when you have pressure up the middle and you're Kyler Murray, how different is that pressure up the middle in your Tom Brady?
2: Well, I think the the approach for Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams, number one is to try to keep Kyler Murray in the pocket. Um, So it's very, I mean, it's completely different than Tom Brady. Tom's going to be in there. You know where he's going to be. Kyler Murray, you know, job number one is keeping him in the pocket because he is dangerous and he will beat you outside the pocket. They were, they had mixed results with that uh, this year. Um, but when he gets outside the pocket, he can hurt you with his legs uh, more than anybody in the league. And uh, and so what I think the Rams have with Von Miller and Leonard Floyd up up on the on the edges uh, is is good enough to contain him. And then you add in Aaron Donald on the inside. That's what's unique about the Rams pass rush, uh, and that's why they were successful in the second meeting. How would you
3: grade Matthew Stafford's first season in L.A.
2: Uh... I, right As of right now, I'd say it's about a B. And uh, listen, this team won the NFC West. Nobody's giving them that kind of credit. They won 12 games. Um, really, his grade will be dependent upon what happens in the next month. Didn't they have a um, B quarterback already, Brian? No, nah, I wouldn't say that. I would say they had a B minus C plus quarterback okay. in Jared Goff. Okay. Um, so I, I think there's no doubt they have upgraded the position. And Matthew Stafford has made some unbelievable plays and won them games, Dan. Now, he's also you know, been careless with the ball, and he's tried to make plays when they weren't there. Um, and, and so as they get into the playoffs, they need to take a little bit off of Matthew Stafford's plate, run the football, and then when the play is there to be made, we know that he has the ability to make
3: them. Yeah, I wondered if Matthew Stafford was trying on almost every play I want to prove to everybody it was Detroit that was the problem, not me. I was there, didn't win a playoff game 12 years. Hey, let me get on a winning team, and I'm going to show you. And and maybe he got out of his comfort zone a little bit. And, you know, but you have four pick sixes. How do you explain that? 17 interceptions, four of those were pick sixes. Is that just, yeah. you know, by luck, by
2: chance? No, I think it's a quarterback trying to do too much. I think you're right. Um, you know, I think... This is a team that not only do they feel like they have to win, but dangerous for them. They feel like they have to win with style. And, and that's not – listen, we're not talking about the San Francisco 49ers like that. They don't care how they win. They just want to go out and win. But the Rams, being in L.A., got a lot of bright, shiny toys, uh, and, and the first half of the season couldn't have gone any better. Uh, in the marriage between Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford, you got the best receiver in the league in Cooper Cup. you got Odell out there, and you want to have some style. You want to have pizzazz, and I think that Matthew Stafford, from time to time, call it five, six, seven plays a game, will force the issue, and that's where he's got into trouble. And I, I don't think that he needs to do that for them to win.
3: Pro Football Focus released its ranking top 10 NFL players to start a franchise with 2022. Number one on the list, Patrick Mahomes. Number two on the list, who would you pick start your franchise with in 2022?
2: You know, i would be hard. I'd be hard pressed to, um, to pass up Josh Allen or, or Joe Burrow. Those, Joe, those are two of the Joe Burrow's of the two. top quarterbacks. Joe Burrow's yeah. two. Those are two of the top quarterbacks. In my opinion, uh, young quarterbacks in the league.
3: Justin Herbert is three. Josh Allen, four.
2: Great argument for Justin as well. Um, you know, any one of those three, in my opinion, um, you could build around. Uh, listen, I'm excited to watch. Now we're going to find out about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow here in the next in the next week and a half, two weeks. Um, you know, Josh Allen playing Bill Belichick for the third time uh, in a season. Can't wait to watch that. And, and Joe Burrow's first opportunity. And and listen, I know that you know the the Raiders have kind of squeaked their way in, but that'll be a challenge for for Joe Burrow. So. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of those.
3: Okay, I'll continue this.
2: Kyler Murray
3: is fifth on Pro Football Focus, quarterback that you would start your franchise with. Now, age, of course, is a factor in all of this. Dak Prescott is sixth. Trevor Lawrence is seven. Justin Fields, eight. Mac Jones is nine. Lamar Jackson, 10. Any issues?
2: Uh, I, I don't feel as good about any of those as I do about, Herbert, Pearl, and Josh <laughs> Allen. <Dallas. laughs> I, I
3: was surprised Justin Fields was up there. I mean, that's pretty elevated uh, status for somebody who's had basically one quarter of really impressive football.
2: Yeah, listen, we did we did Justin Fields uh, twice this year. And, um, and just sitting with him, talking with him, watching him on the field. Uh, he has everything that you're looking for. It's hard to evaluate in, in that situation that he's had in Chicago uh, with the supporting cast, the coaching and everything, the tumult in the front office. Uh, I, I hope that they get stable uh, in that organization and give him an opportunity uh, to see what he can really become. But uh, all of those that you just mentioned in that second tier have, have questions, Dan. And um, uh, so, you know, to start a franchise with any one of those guys, um, there's questions involved.
3: Paulie, uh, would you check, has anybody used Tumult on this program before? Uh,
1: just Michigan guys, Dan.
3: Oh. <laughs> uh, so Rich Eisen would probably use Tumult. Right. Jim Harbaugh would not use that. By the way, you think Harbaugh flirting with the NFL, you okay with that as a Michigan grad?
2: Um, listen, I, I, I'm always in favor of guys maximizing their, their value, and it's that time of year, <laughs> if you know what I mean.
3: <laughs> what if you lose him, Brian.
2: Um, listen, if, if we lose him, um, then we lose him, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not one of those Michigan grad, I'm not like Eisen. that, you know, his, his, every single day he wakes up, you know, whether he's in a good mood <laughs> or bad mood is how Michigan is doing <laughs> and whether Harbaugh's staying or going, I, that's not me. Well, if he leaves, we'll find someone else.
3: Well, whether, and uh, you know, the problems that that presents Brady's probably going to have high winds and rain. The, the quarterbacks in Buffalo are just going to have the freezing cold there. I don't know if any other teams are going to f- uh, have to factor in weather there, but if I said you are playing in wind and rain, or you're going to play in just bitterly cold weather as a quarterback, which one would you pick?
2: Yeah. Just give me the cold, you know, the cold. Listen, Selfishly for a quarterback, it's, it's really not an impact. Now it's an impact for the guys catching that rock hard ball. <laughs> uh, and it is slick, but uh but, no, the, the wind and the rain is just not a good combination. And, and that I think of all the games, that game will be impacted most by the weather. Uh, we know the Eagles want to run the ball. And I'm excited to watch that Eagles offensive line against the defensive front for uh, for the Bucks. I mean, Vita Vea and Jason Kelsey, what a great – like, if, if you're a fan of football and you're watching the games this weekend, just watch Jason Kelsey, the center for the Eagles, and Vita Vea. Now, now it's a mismatch from a size standpoint – but the Wiley vet and Kelsey and the, and the position and the leverage and all those things, um, that's what I'm going to be watching. I know everybody else going to be watching, you know, Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady and, and all. But, but to me, Jordan, a the left tackle uh, against JPP and Shaq Barrett coming off an injury, um, I, I think you're going to get a good shot from the Eagles. They're not going to lay down. And, and the, the Bucks have some question marks that need to be answered. And, and we talked with Bruce Arians twice this year. And he says, listen, nobody's going to run the ball on us. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, It's going to be a different challenge on on this weekend.
3: How would you doctor up the football in cold weather as a quarterback? What would you use?
2: Despite deflating it, Dan?
3: (laughs) Did you ever deflate a football?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yes, actually. uh, You know, if it gets cold... Um, you want to take more air out of the ball because the ball gets really hard. But how do you cold. do that, though? Well, you have a little – you have a needle, and you take a little bit of the air out of the needle. Yeah, but you're not allowed to do that.
3: You're not allowed to do – now you have somebody who does this for you.
2: Correct, yeah. The, 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 uh, the guys, uh, the equipment managers, they're the ones that take care of the ball. All within the rules, Dan. Completely within the rules, all of it. <laughs> But you know you got you got to get up to that level. You got to get to that line, but you want to be able to feel the ball. Your hands are already frozen. The ball's frozen and it gets slick. The only thing that you can do is if you take a little air, you can squeeze the ball a little bit easier and then you can feel it better. That's that's why quarterbacks do that.
3: But did Brady do anything that other quarterbacks don't do?
2: I don't think so. No. I mean, I think I think you're you're constantly trying to find what works for you. Um, now you now there is that line that you go up to and then sometimes guys will cross over it um, but you're always trying to find that advantage but were they checking back then? you know back then Dan it was interesting uh, the, the rules were different um, there was a time period where you had to take the balls out of the packaging it had to be brand new oh. like out of the out of the box and out of the packaging and I remember, uh, I was so frustrated one time we we're playing a game, Tony Carrente, uh who's still working, uh, can't, comes into the locker room and, and he was making sure that the balls that we were using on offense were coming right out of the box. I'm like, Tony, like let let my guys just work them over. Let's just brush them a little bit because they come out with a film on them. And they're really slick and it's impossible to throw that ball. Um, and, I and, you know, I think Tom and Peyton got together and they kind of lobbied the league to get rid of that rule, which was the dumbest rule uh, that we have ever had for quarterbacks and for offensive play because you got guys going back to throwing the ball, slipping out of their hands, and nobody wants to watch that. Um, so the rules have changed, um, and uh, I think it's in a good place now. But, you know,
3: I look at this, and, uh, and it just seems like somebody rational will just say um... – The quarterback can have the ball that he wants, and the quarterback can have the ball that he wants. There's no advantage there. There's no, you know, deception. There's no nothing. It's this is how you want the football for your team. This is how you want the ball for your team. Doesn't that seem logical?
2: It does seem logical, Uh, you know, and and, – but you know how – uh, this league is it's cookie cutter and they want everything by the book and they want everything the same. And, and, uh, but I, you certainly Dan could make a logical argument that, Hey, let the quarterback have it however yeah. he wants. It.
3: But you didn't learn to cheat at Michigan. You learned this when you got to the NFL.
2: Who, why, why do you use that word?
3: So <laughs> no, to gain an advantage, my bad.
2: That word is so harsh. Dan. <laughs> uh, as I said, as I said, and I was quoted, Within the guidelines. Okay, of course. Of the rules. Okay. That's, That's
3: my bad. My bad. <laughs> okay, the game that we're going to be talking about on Tuesday is going to be what?
2: You know, I think it will be the Dallas San Francisco game. And, and A lot I think of people it's going like to be... San
3: Francisco in this game.
2: Yeah, listen, I, I think that, um, uh, you know, everybody is kind of getting on this bandwagon uh, after the second half of the season and what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do. Um, listen, the season did not start well for them at three and five. Uh, I think that they have figured out who they are. Listen, this is, this is, a, this is not a trendy pick. It's not a fad. Um, if you've watched this team, and we've, we've done their games a couple times, um, they are the team that will drag you, drag the opponent out to the deep end of the water. Okay? And they're going to make it gritty and nasty. They're not going to let you play the kind of game that you want to play if you're Dallas, you know, spread it out and throw the ball all over the place. Um, they're going to see how long you can tread water because they've been treading water for eight weeks, and they know that they can live in that environment. Um, and so, listen, all the pressure is on Dallas. Listen, you know, Jerry uh, at home, um, everything that they have done um, from, a, from a personnel standpoint, from a roster standpoint, um, there's all the pressure on Dallas, and, and this game is not going to be, be pretty. It's not going to be um, – I know everybody wants to talk about Micah Parsons and about Randy Gregory, about rushing the pass, or getting to Jimmy Garoppolo. That is not what this game is going to be about. Kyle Shanahan is going to make it about how physical are you going to play? Or are, your, are your weakest players, your weakest tacklers on your defense who are your corners, right, on every defense – Trayvon Diggs, no, you're not going to be intercepting passes. I want to see if you can tackle Debo Samuel one-on-one. Jalen Ramsey got that test last week, okay? Uh, Anthony Brown, the other corner on the other side. Do you want to tackle Elijah Mitchell on the perimeter? That's what this game is going to be about, and I think uh, that's what people are going to be talking about on Tuesday.
3: Great stuff, Brian. Uh, My best to leaves and Lewis, and uh, we'll be watching on Monday night.
2: All right, Dan, good to see
6: you.